Thanks for joining us today. We love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life, so we encourage you to share your story with us at info at fellowshipgj.com. Also, if God is using this ministry to impact you, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially. You can do that online at fellowshipgj.com and pick the giving option that works best for you and help us continue to bring the message of Christ to our community and beyond. Again, thanks for joining us and enjoy today's message. As a father, I can tell you I have watched way too many Disney movies. Way too many. I've got an 11-year-old girl and a 13-year-old girl. That means the Disney movies I watch are not the ones that I would want to watch. They're the Disney movies where there's always the Disney princess. And it's not like I've seen these movies once or twice. I've seen the Disney princess movies thousands of times. Dear God, I never want to see another Disney princess movie again in my life. But, but they're very common in my house. And if you've watched a Disney princess movie, you recognize that there's always a transition in the movie. There's always what you could call the Disney swirl, Right? Like, there's this moment where there's, like, sparkling and swirling. She spins around. Her dress changes color. And this changes to that. And that what was old has now become new. And now she was a stepsister, but now she's a princess in the castle. And in one moment, everything changes. Right? That's the Disney swirl. And if I could be honest with you, I'll tell you, I watch that and I get frustrated because I can tell you there's times in my life where I'm going, man, I could use some Disney swirl up in my Christianity, right? Like where this could just become that. Like, like, because I wish I could tell you as a follower of Christ that as soon as you start following Jesus, everything is going to be easy. Pardon me. But we've been in a series the last couple weeks where we've talked about the fact where Jesus says, in this world you will have trouble. So we there's a process involved where we go, we'd like it to just be, Jesus, you're my Lord and Savior, and there's this Disney swirl, and then everything's fine, and you never have a problem again. And then all of a sudden, it's like instead of bills showing up in the mail, now it's like your bank is sending you these love letters saying you're like the best customer ever. Don't pay your bill this month. We love you, right? Or maybe uh, you get pulled over, and the cop is saying, hey, you, you, just, you look good today. I just wanted to compliment you. I like the way you drive. Right? No, you're getting a ticket, right? Because there's no such thing as Disney Swirl. Thank you. I need some water here. Because there's no such thing as Disney Swirl. So what happens in life a lot of times, we can get discouraged because we hope for things. We hope for change. I want to see things change and change immediately. But because they don't change immediately, we can get discouraged a little bit and go, well, maybe this just isn't working. I find myself in a dark place. I find myself in the valley. I find myself in a place of hopelessness. And, and in fact, we titled this message today, Walking Through the Valley, because There are going to be times when you and I walk through dark places, where we walk through deep, dark valleys, where we don't understand, why why do I have to go so low right now? Why are things so difficult for me right now? But I, I want to encourage you today, it's good that you're here today, because you might find yourself here in a valley today. And I want to speak to you and speak life into you today, that, that you're coming out of the valley And you're going to make it through the valley. In fact, would you elbow the person next to you, give them a little nudge and say, you're going to make it through the valley. 
Oh, come on. Like, you got all y'all stoic, stiff people. It's like, good morning, Fellowship Church. Elbow the person next to you. Tell them you're going to make it through the valley. You are going to make it through the valley. See, we go through difficult times sometimes in life. We go through dark places. We talked about it the last couple of weeks, but I'm here to encourage you that sometimes the, the very same valley that the devil sent to destroy you and to try to take you out can be the same valley that God uses to make you who you are. It's the same valley he takes you through to bring you to the next mountaintop. And, and the thing is, a lot of times when we get in the valley, we, we get scared. We go, it's dark. I don't know if I'm going to make it. But I'm here to encourage you today that if you just keep moving, if you just keep walking, if you just keep following Jesus, you're going to make it through the valley. You're going to come out of this hopelessness. You're going to come out of depression. You're going to come out of frustration and anger. And, and, and I want to show you this in Scripture, right? And because if I show it to you in Scripture, I can show you this, this isn't just rhetoric. This isn't just me standing up here trying to encourage you. This is Bible. This is what God says. So I want to take a look at a very famous passage in Scripture, the passage Psalms 23. Almost everyone knows Psalms 23 because it's the funeral verse. If you've ever been to a funeral, you've heard people read Psalms 23. But it's more than a funeral verse. In fact, I I like to call Psalms 23 the get me out of trouble verse. Because even if you're not a follower of Christ, even if you're not a Christian, you've heard it at a funeral. And you will recite this verse anytime you find yourself in trouble. Anytime you've messed up and you're like, you're in so much trouble. And now the blue lights are flashing behind your car. You start praying, oh Lord, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. It's like people start reciting this is like God get me out of trouble but I want to tell you there's so much in this verse that we get we where we see in the psalmist relationship with God that uh, that can encourage you if you're in a valley today or, or if you've been in a valley or if you're going into a valley if you know someone who's in a valley I want to encourage you today that you're going to make it through the valley the Bible says this Psalms 23 such a beautiful passage The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Remember Coolio? Every time I hear that. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I take a look at my life and realize there's nothing because I've been blasted and laughing so long that even my mama thinks that my mind. I'm sorry. I don't even know. I don't even know that song. I don't know where that came from. Don't be confused by my complexion. This boy can rap if I want to. You're looking at me all judgmental, like you don't roll up your windows and, and blast your gangster rap on the way to church. What in the world is I even talking about? I don't. I mean, start over on verse four here, okay? Even though I walk through the valley. Of the shadow of death, I will fear 
no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. See, this right here, this right here, this isn't camping in the valley. This isn't sitting down in the valley. This is walking through it. He's assuring himself. He's saying, he's not saying, I hope I'm going to get out of this. It'd be really good, God, if you could get me out of this. I don't know what to do. I think I'm just going to sit down right now. He's saying, no, surely, surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. See, my God is with me and I'm sure of it. It might be dark. I might not be where I want to be. I want to be on that mountaintop, but I find myself down here in the darkness. I, I want to be full of hope. I want, to, I want to be happy. I want to have joy, but I find myself in sickness or in depression. It's like I'm not where I want to be, but surely I know that my God is with me. Surely I know that he loves me. Surely that even in this dark place that I'm in, I'm not alone. See, Jesus said this. He said, in this world you will have trouble. And you might think, why are we focused so much on this verse? Why are we talking so much about this verse? Uh, We have to talk about this verse because there is this confusion in, in American Christianity where somewhere along the way in America... People started like, like changing the idea of what it looked like to be a follower of Christ. Because do you know what it means to be a follower of Christ? Is that you are going to follow him wherever he takes you. But, but what we do sometimes is we think it, it's a feel-good statement for me to just be like, if I follow Christ, then everything's going to be perfect. When Jesus said, no, in this world, while you're following me, you will have trouble. What it used to mean to be a follower of Christ is that, that, that basically you were going to become a follower of Christ and then you were facing imminent death. You were facing persecution. You were going to lose your job. You were going to lose your kids. You were going to lose your, your life. You were probably going to be fed to animals in the arena. That's what it meant to be a follower of Christ. And somewhere along the way, uh, there's a lie that has been fed into people saying, you know what, if you just follow Jesus, then everything's always going to be perfect. And what that does is it builds hopelessness. Because hope deferred makes the heart sick. That's Proverbs thirteen twelve. So if you're hoping that everything's always going to be perfect, then all of a sudden, when things aren't perfect, it's like, well, maybe this isn't working. Maybe I'm not doing this right, but the verse doesn't end there. In this world, you will have trouble. And then he slams down the trump card. He slams it down. He says, but I have overcome the world. He doesn't say, but I've overcome your divorce, but I've overcome sickness, but I've overcome struggle, but I've overcome financial. He doesn't say that. He says, I'll slam it down. You name it, I've already overcome it. And guess what? Here's the good news is I'm with you. And this is what the psalmist is saying. The psalmist is saying, listen, I find myself in the valley right now. 
I find myself where things aren't working out exactly the way that I would want them to work out. But this is what I know is surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. Wherever I'm going in this dark and dreary place I find myself in, he's right here and he's going to help me and he's overcome the world. And, and, and yeah, this is trouble, but he's got the trump card. He slammed it down. He paid the price. I'm going to make it through this right now. So I want to talk to you today and give you a couple practical things to do as we finish up this series on hope. As we've looked into to some of the things that cause a, a lack of hope. As we look at some of the struggles we've gone through in life and questioning God and stuff like that over the last couple of weeks, I want to give you three things in the couple of moments that we have together to keep doing, to start doing if you find yourself in the valley. Maybe you know someone, you're like, man, I wish they were here. Write these things down because you can help encourage them. Maybe you're not in the valley right now. Write these things down because Jesus said, uh, in this world you will have trouble. That means there's a valley that's going to come at some point in the future. You need to know what to do when you're in the valley. Three things. Number one, if you find yourself in the valley, stay active. Stay active. If you keep giving to other people, you will keep moving forward. If you're in a valley, you got to stay active. See, when you're in the dark... It, it, the, the first thing you tend to want to do is to just sit down and say, like, well, well, you don't understand what's going on in my life. I, I, I just want to sit here in my misery. Have you ever been there where you just kind of want to sit in your misery a little bit? Like, like, don't call me. Don't text me. Don't give me some Christian cliche about like, how good God is. I'm just angry, and I just want to sit right here in my misery for a little bit. I wonder have you ever been there? Because it's, that's, that's what the enemy tries to get you to do, is he tries to get you to stop in the valley, to stop in a place of hopelessness, to stop in a place of frustration and, and depression. But see, we see that Solomon gave us a piece of information. He figured out a principle. Years and years and years ago, and he shared it with us. And this principle, is, it's counterintuitive. It's exactly the opposite of what you and I would want to do. See, when, when, when I don't feel good, when things aren't going my way, I just want to sit down and have a pity party. But what Solomon said here in Proverbs eleven twenty five, he said this. He gave us this principle. The generous will prosper. Those who refresh others themselves will be refreshed. The generous will prosper, okay? Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. So he's saying, if you need refreshment, then what you've got to do is you've got to stop looking for other people to refresh you. You've got to go out and start refreshing other people. That's why this is a whole other sermon altogether. But like when people say, oh, I'm just not getting fed at that church. All that tells me is that they haven't read Proverbs. They haven't read the Bible because they're going, well, I'm not getting fed at that church means I'm not willing to feed other people. It means I'm not willing to be a refreshment. I'm not willing to give. I'm not willing to help. So what's happening is I'm not being refreshed because I am not being refreshing. That's what Solomon says here. So what the enemy tries to get you to do is he goes, oh, you're in a dark place. You're in a place of hopelessness. You're in a place of frustration. Why don't you just sit down? Why don't you just tell other people how bad your story is? 
why don't, why don't, if you can just sit here long enough, then surely someone else is going to see the struggle that you're going through. And, and the Bible says, no, 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 no. When you're in a valley, the first thing that you got to do is you got to say, who can I help? Who, who can I refresh today? That's why when you come to church, your, your focus has got to be not, not on what, not some sort of spectator like, man, I hope they sing the songs I want or, or, or I hope they preach a message that hits me right between the eyes today. But you gotta, you got to come in going, who can I encourage? Is there a mom that I can encourage today? Is there, is there a man that's struggling that I can, I, I, I can just talk to him today? Is, it, is there someone I could pray for? we got to come in going, who can I refresh? See, I think one of the best examples I've ever seen of this is a woman on our staff. I got her permission to share this story. But there was a woman on our staff that was going through a deep and a dark valley. And you know her. It's Pastor J.L. Dolan. And for years, many of you that know her story know that they struggled with infertility. That she wanted to have children. Her and Lavelle wanted to have children and, and it just wasn't working out. And they were going to doctors and they were doing everything they could. And, and I remember that there would be times when I'd be at the office and I would see her because we have big glass windows. I'd see her pull up to the office after a doctor's appointment and she would be crying in her car and she would wipe the tears away from her face and she'd put a smile on her face and she would come in and she would begin refreshing other people. And she would begin pouring into other people. How are you today? Is there something I can pray for you about? Is it like, what's going on? I remember that there was a day that our staff was kind of standing around in the lobby. And a woman came in and she was so very excited. And and, and she she goes, guys, I just got to tell you, I found out we're pregnant. We're going to have a baby. We're pregnant. And my eyes immediately shot to jail. Because I was thinking, I know that this is wonderful, beautiful news. But this has got to cut like a dagger to someone who wants this so bad. And what I witnessed in her that, that was, it was so impressive is that instead of there being any sort of awkwardness, instead of there being any sort of strain, J.L. went straight to this woman and grabbed her and hugged her and said, you are going to be such an amazing mom. You're, you're awesome. You're going to be so good at this. Let's pray that this child is healthy. This is going to be so amazing. And, and, and what she decided to do is instead of sitting down in the middle of her valley, she said, no, 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 I, I'm going to stay active. I'm going to keep Keep moving. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to refresh others. And later on, we didn't realize that it was even coming, but her refreshment was coming because now the, the woman's got like 18 kids or something. I've lost count. Everywhere you look, there's more kids and they're doling kids and they're running around. But, but what did she do? She found herself in the valley and she decided, just like this verse in Proverbs says, she was going to stay active. So in the valley, number one, stay active. In the valley, number two, Stay connected. Stay connected. Your relationships will make you or they will break you when you find yourself in the valley. The Bible says this, two people are better than one. For they can each help each other succeed. If one falls, the other can reach out and help. But if, if someone falls and is alone, is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together, as long as they're married... Um, could keep each other warm, but how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two standing back to back can conquer. Three are even better, and a triple braided cord is not easily broken. I, I love this because today you might not have it, but I, but I can show you that 
that your friends can help hold you up through the most difficult times. See, the Bible says that, that everyone's going to need someone. He shows us that we're, we need someone, like, like the song, to lean on. That, that we, we're going to have times in life where, where yeah, we, we lean into God every day, but we also need some people with skin on who can encourage us and who can help us in different times. And the Bible makes it clear there's going to be times when you're going to struggle and you're going to fall and you need someone. Just, uh, Apollo needed Rocky, Maverick needed Goose, you know. We need people. And you've heard the saying, show me your five closest friends and I'll show you where you're going to be in five years. And, and I think it's something that's easy to just kind of dust off and say, I don't know if that's true. But I wonder, like, if you look at your five closest friends, is that who you want to be in five years? And this is why. Stuff rubs off. The Bible rubs uh, the Bible tells us that stuff rubs off on one another, that, that what we have, the attributes we have one another, rubs off on, a, on each other, that we, we sharpen each other. We, it, it's very important that we understand this. Stuff rubs off. There are two things in this life that I hate the most. Two things, glitter and spiders, okay? I had a dream about a spider covered in glitter. I woke up, almost ran through the wall. It was horrible, right? But I have children, and my children are girls, so what's that mean? It means I grew up with glitter all over the place. And there is a rule in my house, no glitter in Dad's truck ever, period. That's no. But it's my dad's costume. Then walk, okay? You're not getting into my truck with that glitter. I, I, I hate glitter. It, it, and I remember very clearly, I went to a lunch with bankers a while back. I was dressed up very nice. I sat down with some bankers, and we were talking about some business stuff going on. And, and they're kind of looking at me weird. And he's like, what is on your tie? And I look down, and I am sparkling from head to toe. They're like, oh, they got in my truck with glitter. I can't believe it. And, and I said, oh, guys. I have two little girls. Here's a picture of them. They're like, good. Thank God. That's why you have glitter on you. I don't know, I don't know what else they were thinking, but still, like, the point of this is things rub off. Things rub off. Good stuff rubs off. Bad stuff rubs off. The people that are around you will make you or break you when you find yourself in a valley. If you are around people who are positive and uplifting and saying, you know what? I got some stick to it in this. We're going to make it through this. We're going to be faithful. We're going to go. That can rub off on you and you can start to get up and go, you know what? I'm going to make it. I'm going to get up. We're going to push through. It's going to be difficult, but we got this. The scary thing about it on the opposite side you got to look at your friends. Because if you got a Eeyore type, I don't know, things just never seem to work out. That's the temptation that the enemy gives you to go sit down. Take a seat right here in the valley. The whole, see, the whole thing, God is trying to get you from a mountaintop to another mountaintop. And... And there's low points where we learn things and we trust him and our faith grows in the dark. There are low points that we walk through in the valleys. And he's trying to get us to move forward. But the enemy keeps setting up these things, these temptations, these robots. Just stop here. Just take a seat here. Just, just hang out with this group of people here. Just, just stop being active. And I want to tell you, if you find yourself in the valley, 
Number one, stay active. Number two, stay connected. And then number three, stay focused. Well, stay focused on what? Stay focused on the goodness of God. Refuse to take your eyes off of the promises of God. If he's leading you to a new place, stay focused on where he's leading you. Keep your eyes on him. Because I'll tell you, the world is going to continue to give you things to stay focused on. And it is a temptation to turn on the news every day and go, well, there's this political problem, and there's this going on in Syria, and there's this going on in the South. And, there, and all of these different things, you could focus on this problem, you could focus on economy, you could focus on real estate, you could focus on finances. There's all of these different things to focus on. But you need to hear me, as a follower of Christ, you have the right to refuse to focus on the things of the world and instead to set your focus very clearly on things above. You, you have the right to say, I don't care what you have to say. I don't care what the world's with me. I'm going to focus on Jesus and fo- stay focused on what he did. The Bible says, Hebrews 11, 1. This is a message paraphrase. I love it. Do you see what this means? All these pioneers who blazed the way, all these veterans cheering us on, it means We'd better get on with it. Strip down, start running, never quit. No extra spiritual fat, no no parasitic sin. Keep your eyes on Jesus, who both began and finished this race that we're in. Study how he did it, because he never lost sight of where he was headed. That exhilarating finish in and with God. He could put up with anything along the way. Cross, shame, whatever. And now he's there in the place of honor right alongside God where you find yourself, when you find yourself flagging your faith, go over the stories again. Item by item, that long litany of hostility he plowed through, that will shoot adrenaline into your souls. Wow. Wow. Like, Apparently, just by reading and going over what God went through, what Jesus himself pushed through, and how he kept his eyes on the finish line, he kept moving forward. Apparently, the Bible says that will shoot adrenaline into your souls. I wonder, what are you focusing on? Are you focusing on Facebook? Are you focusing on the news? Or are you focusing on where God is trying to take you? There's a story that I've shared over and over and over again. I love the story because I preach it to myself on a weekly basis. I keep a telescope in my office. I mean, anytime a kid comes to my office, they run over and grab the telescope. Does this thing work? It doesn't even work. It's just, it, it's just there. But, but I keep the telescope in my office to remind me of something. And, and it reminds me, where am I fixing my focus? Because if I take the telescope and I point it out towards something, whatever I'm looking at now is clear and looks huge. But the telescope also has the opposite effect. That if I were to turn it around and point the focus towards myself, then when I look outward, everything else seems incredibly small and insignificant. And the focus makes me look huge. So when it comes to your faith, when it comes to your walk with God, um, 
We can find ourselves in the valley and we can turn the telescope around and focus on ourselves and go, look how big my problems are. And, and then we look through it and go, well, God seems so far away and so small. But the Bible says if we set our focus on Jesus, if we remember what he did, if we flip it around, then we go, oh yeah, I see clearly now. You are huge and these little tiny problems I'm dealing with are just for a season. They're just for a moment. I've just got to keep moving through this valley that I'm in. Would you stand with me? If you find yourself in the valley... It causes us to ask the question. It causes us to ask the question. Are you staying active? Are you staying connected? And are you staying focused? God, I, I pray right now that your Holy Spirit would come into this room and would give us the conviction of what it is right now you want to speak to us, what you want us to do. Maybe for some of us, we need to stay active. We, we need to get up and start serving people and refreshing other people. Maybe for some of us in this room, we need to get connected. We've never been in a small group, or, or it's failed and we have, so we've quit. And God, I, I pray that you give us the courage to get in a small group, get in a class, start serving somewhere, but to connect with other believers. And then I pray, God, that you would always help us to stay focused on you, that God, we are not the star of the show. You are the star of the show. So God, help us remember that, to remember it's all about you. So God, I pray right now for a room full of people who some of us have been going through some struggles, some of us have been going through some dark places, that you would help us as we reach out towards you, you would help lead us to the next mountaintop. So God, don't let us sit down. But keep whispering to us, keep calling to us. God, if we need it, keep shouting to us to stay active, stay connected, and stay focused. And it's in Jesus Christ's name we pray. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message at Fellowship Church. If you have not made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, I want to give you the opportunity to do that right now. The Bible says in the book of Romans, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You can do that right now. I just want to encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I'm a sinner and I need forgiveness. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe that you are Lord that you died on the cross for my sins and that you rose again. And God, I thank you for that. I ask you now to be my savior, to guide my life and to give me a home forever in heaven. And God, I ask you this in your precious son, Jesus Christ's name, amen. If you just prayed this prayer for the first time or if you need prayer, we would love to hear from you. You can contact us at 970 245 pray or at prayer at fellowshipgj.com. Thanks again. We hope to see you next week.